In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Nine times. Jesus uses the word love nine times in this morning's gospel lesson. Nine times is a lot of times. If I were a biblical numerology kind of guy, I would tell you that nine is three times three, and three is a number of completeness and wholeness. But I'm not a biblical numerology guy, so I won't tell you that. (laughs) What's clear is that love is important to Jesus. It's so important that in his final hours, on the night before he died with his disciples, he spent most of his time telling them that love was the most important thing. After he had washed their feet, Jesus gave his disciples a new commandment, that they love one another. After he shared with them the promise that the Holy Spirit would come and be their advocate and guide, Jesus told his disciples that love would be the hallmark of their faithfulness. In this morning's gospel lesson, we hear yet again Jesus reminding his disciples to abide in his love, while also commanding them to love one another as he has loved them. Love is so important to Jesus that he raises the stakes as high as they can go when he tells them that the greatest illustration of love is laying down one's life for one's friends. This is, of course, foreshadowing for what would happen the following day. Jesus would hang on a cross and die as the fullest expression of God's love for all of humanity. But it doesn't seem as though Jesus means to suggest that he is the only one who can offer love in that kind of way. It seems like Jesus thinks that any disciple should and could be called upon to lay down their life for their friends. As such, I think we should spend just a little bit of time pondering what it means to lay down your life and consider what or who might constitute our friends. One of the gifts of the last 15 months is how it has opened our eyes to what it means to lay down our lives for friends and neighbors in a less than literal sense. As American Christians, it is extremely unlikely that we will ever be called upon to lay down our lives as martyrs for the gospel. And none of us can really know how we would respond in a situation where the decision to sacrifice our life for someone else might become necessary. And so I find great solace in the realization that maybe the call here isn't just to a literal laying down of my life, but to a figurative one as well. Over the last 15 months, we've been asked to lay down various parts of our lives in the name of public health and the common good. Some sacrifices have been extremely difficult. Not seeing family, not being able to attend in-person worship, working and schooling from home, these were all significant parts of our lives that we had to give up in order to keep others safe. 
Other sacrifices were merely laying down some of the conveniences of modern life. We couldn't eat out quite as much. We were asked to wear masks to maintain our distance. But even these somewhat simple gestures were a means by which we could live into Jesus' call to lay down our lives in self-sacrificial love. For all of its inconveniences, COVID-19 has been an opportunity to lay down parts of our lives for love of friend and neighbor. In a different encounter with Jesus, a young lawyer asks him, who is my neighbor? Jesus replied by telling the parable of the Good Samaritan. For the young lawyer and everyone who was within earshot of Jesus, that story was scandalous. Neighbor might mean the people in your sphere of influence. It might even stretch to the people in your neighborhood so long as they were clean and pure. At the very extreme, loving your neighbor might mean everyone you encounter at Kroger. But the idea that the commandment to love might include the Samaritans, or that a Samaritan might love more fully than a priest or a Levite, that was inconceivable. Yet Jesus stretched the boundaries of what it means to love your neighbor to include even your enemies and those who would do you harm. As I prayed and studied through what it means to lay down our life for our friends, I found myself wondering just how far that commandment might stretch. Friends seems like a much more exclusive term than neighbor. I can very easily define my friend group and who is in and who is out. I might lay down my life for y'all, but a stranger in Des Moines, Iowa, I don't really care about. Then I continued to pray, and I ran across a story that pushed the boundaries for me on who or what we should consider our friends. It's the story of Omero Gomez Gonzalez, a man none of you have probably ever heard of, but who was in some small way a friend of all of us here at Christ Church. Mr. Gonzalez was born into a family of loggers in El Rosario, a small, unincorporated area in the mountains of central Mexico. He joined the family business and spent his early days very skeptical of growing efforts to limit deforestation in Mexico, fearful that it would lead to the end of the industry that had fed his family for generations. As he grew older, he studied agricultural engineering at a state agricultural university, and he began to see the negative effects that rampant deforestation were having on the climate, on people and plants, and especially on hundreds and millions of monarch butterflies who call the mountains of central Mexico home every winter. Eventually, Gonzalez dedicated his life to environmental and anti-logging activism. He became the mayor of El Rosario and worked to outlaw logging in the region. Later, he was named manager and spokesperson for the El Rosario Monarch Butterfly Preserve, 
one of several preserves that make up the monarch butterfly biosphere, a UNESCO World Heritage Site, where 70% of the world's monarch butterflies spend their winter, including those that pass through our way station every spring. Gomez Gonzalez worked tirelessly to change the culture in his area of Mexico. And as you might guess, he faced all kinds of pushback. In December 2019, he was interviewed by the Washington Post and said it's been a fight to maintain the preserve and it hasn't been easy. A month later, on January 13th, 2020, Gonzalez disappeared. Two weeks later, he was found murdered in a well near the preserve. No one's been charged in his death, but his family and friends continue to fear that it's related to his efforts to end the lucrative logging industry in El Rosario. It can be said, I believe, that Homero Gomez Gonzalez laid down his life both metaphorically before his death and literally after it, for his friends, the monarch butterfly. As a monarch butterfly way station, Christ Church should count Mr. Gonzalez as one of our friends and give thanks for the love that he shared. As we slowly emerge from our pandemic cocoons, sorry, I had to, new forms of self-sacrificial love will be called for. As Mother Becca reminds me, almost on a daily basis, the COVID-19 pandemic has changed us all. We will never be the same. How will these changes continue to impact the ways in which we are called to love our friends, neighbors, siblings in Christ, enemies, and the wider world. Jesus used the word love nine times in our gospel lesson today. Eight of those times, it was a verb. Love is an action. One of those times, he promised that self-sacrificial love wasn't just the key to joy, but it unlocks the fullness of joy. In the weeks and months and years to come, my hope is that we will each find a way to live out this commandment, to love that Jesus offers this morning, laying down pieces of our lives for our friends and neighbors. May God give us the strength to love friends, enemies, and strangers as Christ commands, so that we might experience the fullness of joy. Amen.